Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 44 of the Seas Show. Happy New Year's to all of my subscribers. It's 2019, man, so, you know, I just want to give you guys some great content today. You know, today's going to be a great episode, and I don't want to, I don't want to talk too much, you know, before we get into the hot topics, I'm going to keep it short and simple. Um, I know you guys have been patiently waiting. I haven't released the episode since early December, but we're back here, and it's going to be fire, you know, and before we start off with today's hottest topics in the NBA, I just want to rehash the last episode like I always do. So on episode 43 of the Caesar show, Zach Sharp chimed in and we discussed Kawhi's new balance deal, his beef with Pop, Magic and Kobe's comments on LBJ, um, Durant's toxic comments on LBJ, false injury update, and just much more. Um, so I'm going to have a returning guest for the new year. I'm talking about my boy, Trey. I'm about to start calling him Trey Way. Uh, for episode 42, you know, we had a great chemistry, so I definitely want to have him back on for the new year. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Trey. Oh, yeah. Even better than I was the last time, baby. What's up, C? Yo, happy to be here, yo. You already know. Hey, I pulled up, man. It's a new year. Anything is possible. Uh-huh. Had to get my boy Caesar's right. You already know what the Henny, kind of like the Breakfast Club. So, you know, I'm done. Like, I bring gifts, you know what I'm saying? Not Santa Claus, but I got a bag on me at all times, at all times. So, what's up, man? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. You been good, man? Uh, I've been great, man. The holidays treated me well. Uh, ready to go into this new year with, you know, the most uh, optimistic vision and just, you know, connectivity, man. We're going to unite a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of people. We're going to do great things. So 2019, let's do it. And then just expand upon that, too, and I'll get into mine. So before we get into the hottest topics of today, let me know, what are your, what are your New Year's resolutions? Um, no resolutions, man. I'm not doing it uh, like that. I'm just going to, you know, the growth is the biggest thing is to make progress every single day. Uh, so tomorrow I'll be better than I was today and the next day and the next day and so forth, so on. And then eventually I'll get to my goal. You know, I'm not going to rush myself, but we're going to do what we got to do. I feel that. I feel that with me. You know, you see my calendar right there at the bottom. It says special notes. Um, I just invested into a laminated calendar because I want to actually, you know, set goals each individual day. Um, so the first one you can see right there, New Year's, it's episode 44 of the season show. Um, but special notes, strengthen the body and mind. Whether that just be reading, um, you know, just working on my body, just constantly learning. I just want to learn and just utilize all these talented people around us in which we were talking about earlier. So if I make goals each day, I think I think I'll get to where I want to be. You know what I'm saying? So that's that. Hey, yo, episode 44. Yo, this is episode 44. This is like the Barack Obama episode, pretty much. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy, like 44. But nah, those goals, man, are tough. You got to write down your goals. You got to see them. And I really want to be dedicated to, like, reading, reading, reading even more than I did last year. This year, just there's a whole bunch of books, a whole bunch of knowledge out there. You know, readers are leaders. So that's what we're going to do. Yes. And this year, I am pushing hard to go to video soon. Just got to get the funds right, you know, getting a little raise and whatnot so I can invest more. Um, so it's gonna be dope. I, I'm, I'm envisioning the set being real dope, and you definitely gonna be probably more than likely the first person to come up on this joint. So need it. I need it. Uh, yo, if you know somebody, if you like what they're doing, support them. This year, support them. This week, today, support them somehow. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's encouragement, it doesn't have, always have to be monetary gains, but support them. You already know, like give them encouragement, all that stuff like that. So we love what Jesus is doing. But yo, support, support, support. All right. 
Yes, and like I said, I'm not only available on SoundCloud and iTunes Podcast Connect, or Apple Podcast Connect, or whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm also on Spotify now, so definitely that's another outreach for you guys. Um, and I'm going to work on getting on Google. Is it Google Play? Google Play. I'm going to get Google Play soon, but those three are good for now. Anyways, you ready to get into the hottest topics of the NBA? Oh, let's do it. <laughs> All right, so I want to rehash. You know, it's only been about a week and a half, maybe two weeks, possibly. Nah, like a week and a half. Like a week, week and a half. Yeah. 25th was Christmas. Yeah. Anyways, um, NBA Christmas matchup. A lot of good games. I really don't want to talk about too much. I just want to talk about the most important one. Um, one of the most anticipated matchups thus far. I'm talking about the king going up against the Monstars and the Warriors, that juggernaut, you know. Um, so let's face it, you know, if Kyrie and K-Love didn't get hurt when Brown returned um, to Cleveland, Katie didn't make his decision to go to Oak, I mean, to uh, Golden State, I think Brown would have five, six rings by now. Uh, but anyways, the Warriors ended up losing 127 to 101. They got mollywopped. Um, the Lakers had seven players to score at least 10 points. The Lakers held the Warriors to 25% from three. That's pretty rare. Um, and Clay, Curry, Draymond Green were all held to only a combined 24 points. Um, so it was crazy, too. Like, I, I definitely thought it was going to be um, – I think I thought the Warriors just going to come out for blood. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. thought it was just going to be something where they're just like, all right, like, we, we, we're we already up on you, Bron. Like, ancient sweet. And it's an Oracle. Like, yeah. how often do they lose an Oracle? I think this year they lost – um, I think like at least three or four games, about at least 20 points. They lost to the Bucks, they lost to the Raptors, and they got smacked by the Lakers. But um, yeah, man, they they came into Oracle, and I guess I guess it's Bron. You know, Bron plays great on Christmas, but Bron really set the set the tone, and and that young talent was looking good. And what I really took from that game was, I forgot last year going into it, I forgot last year the Lakers' young roster they took Golden State to overtime twice in the regular season. Um, so I think they have. I think th this Lakers team is is pretty damn good. Um, uh, I like their depth a lot, I have to say. They literally got like 10 people they can play. And I think what messed up Golden State was, what always messes up Golden State is the length. Um, so you got Lonzo at, what, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, Very much so. You got Brandon Ingram at 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, LeBron, 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, Kuzma's like 6'9". And then you got Zubak in the middle. <laughs> that bothers them too, so... Um, I really, really enjoyed what I saw, and and I think I think that Lonzo matchup with with Steph, he it bothered him a little bit too. Whenever someone is like going at Steph, and at the same time, when someone uh, is locking him up or making it hard for him, I think it really bothers him. So he was definitely out of rhythm. I don't really see Golden State playing that bad again. Like, what are the chances they shoot twenty five percent from three? That's not likely. Not this year. But I think what's going to be key is their length um, and then also their depth because Golden State doesn't have the same depth as they had last year. Sure. But, you know, it's going to be interesting, though. But, in, like, while the game was going on, I think in the third quarter, right, LeBron James had an awkward fall and he strained his growing. Um, and I can I can definitely, you know, cope with that because I actually got in a car accident about, like, three, four weeks ago. And, yeah, I hurt my neck, a little bit of my back, my spine a little bit. And then I also, like, sprained my left knee. Yeah. And then I also strained my groin. So I, don't, I can only imagine what his what his felt like. But mine, I was probably out for, like, a week and a half, two weeks. But, you know, he needs some time off, right? You know what I'm saying? And this gives, this gives the Lakers some time to 
you know, see what they're about. You know what I'm saying? LeBron is their solidified closer, and Rondo's out too. So I really want to see what Lonzo um, and them boys are, are talking about right now. But what, do you, what were your thoughts on this Lakers um, and Golden State matchup, man? Well, I first came into it watching the game. You know, it was the late game before uh, the Blazers played. Yeah. And, you know, I had a, a kind of like one of my little brothers. He was with me, high schooler. And we are making bets. Like, yo, who you think is going to win? And any sane person was going to be like, you know, the Warriors. <laughs> it's that Oracle. It's on Christmas Day. Like, yeah. what in the world? And the, the kid, he, he said, he said, hey, I think the Lakers are going to win. It's like, they're my team. Yeah. They're the Lakers. And we had to check his temperature. Like, we like, like, are you crazy? Are you okay? Whether it's your team or not, you don't bet against the Warriors. Seth, who makes it rain, Seth could be Santa Claus. That's that's the kind of love he gets in Oracle over there in Oakland. Oakland. And and it's Christmas Day. So, and the game starts going. And the thing is, being seeing how the Warriors have been playing this last few years, even though it was a 20-point game, Seth maybe hit one three in that third quarter, one or two threes, and he was like, all right, here comes the comeback. And they cut it within about, what, 10 points? I think they cut it to as low as, like, two or four points, two. and Rondo just went crazy. Went absolutely wild. And this is after LeBron went out, but you're like, all right, LeBron goes down. It's over. And, it, you know, you're just, you're just checking stuff off the list. LeBron goes down. They're hitting a three here and there. You look, you could, you could blink, and the Warriors could be on top of you by 20 points. Like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. But then, you know... Rondo goes on a terror. And the thing that most impressed me with the Lakers that game was the ball movement. Like, they played like they had nothing to lose. Like, they were just in the park. They, like, they called their boys up, and they were like, yo, let's get it. And then move the ball around. Everybody's everybody's scoring. And then the Warriors didn't have any, any answer for it. Draymond's playing like crap. And that's the thing, too. Sorry for cutting you off. What may be their Achilles heel is Draymond Green. He's not shooting well. I think the last time I saw him shoot good from three was game seven of the finals, like three, yeah. like two, three years ago. Um, and teams are straight up disrespecting them now. Like it's literally four on five on um four on five when they play each other, especially on offense. It's like they're literally letting him shoot the ball. And you know, if he shoots what, four or five threes a night, that's four or five extra possessions, you know, that can go your way. So that's that's something that I'm a little concerned about too, but I was thinking at the same time, it's like even if he's struggling, if Boogie comes back when they do their small ball lineup, they can just take Draymond out and put Boogie at the five, Katie at the four, Iggy at the three with Clay and um, Steph in the backcourt. Yeah, that's so dangerous. The only thing is when Boogie comes back, do you have time to to build chemistry at that point? Maybe, maybe. And, you know, we saw Boogie. Uh, dunking on KD a few weeks ago on social media and stuff like that. So I'm not even going to question his timeline. I feel like he's a superhuman, super athlete. He'll be back uh, in a good time. But at the same time, if it comes down to the stretch and the Warriors don't get it together, do you really, really have time to build chemistry off of that? And I don't know. Uh, switch, switch sides, LeBron goes down, right? And the growing strain... Um, he has mileage on him. Nobody wants to admit it because he he's like superhero. You know what I'm saying? He's like your dad when before you realize that your dad's old. You know, he's like like we love him. How my dad can do this, that, and the third. <laughs> your dad goes down. Oh my hammy. Oh like like what what? I think my dad pulled his hammy. We were playing like a two on two tournament at, at the race center one time. I was going to get that money, and my dad pulled his hammy. He was like, Drew, you got to do everything." I was like, "What? You pulled your hammy?" Not knowing that this this happens when you get up there in age, and and not even up there in age, it's like you thirties, 
on, you know, your body doesn't do the same thing it used to do, you know? It doesn't do the same thing it used to do. So now LeBron's in dad mode watching the young boys play. And what I'm really excited about is, like you were saying, Alonzo has length. He has a, a, a different demeanor than he did. Lonzo has always been a cool character, yeah. but it's a different demeanor from a skill standpoint. Yeah. Kuzma has has really been birthed for, for it. If anybody has really been ready for this moment, it's been Kuzma. Kuzma gone out there and balled since we've seen him, since we've took notice to the Lakers and this, you know, what this carnival that it is right now. This what, whatever the Lakers is is gonna be. Kuzma's been there from the start. Brandon Ingram's playing a little bit better. Josh Hart stretching the floor. Josh uh, Hart is like a low key Bradley Beal. Bro, what? He, what? He kind of he kind of reminds me of Bradley Beal. I know I know. Early when you came on episode forty two, we were talking about like who would you trade, and we were talking about Beal there. But I would hold on to my young talent. You yeah. know what I'm saying we're gonna talk about AD a little bit after this, but I'm holding on to my assets of what I have right now. I'm just waiting to get a fucking free agent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Biggest thing too is. You have to understand what the field is doing too, like the Nuggets, the Kings. These teams are on the come up. All right, flip switch right back. That's my last comments on this, but the Warriors—they're not having as easy as the outing as, they, as they've had like in the past these past few years. Because you got again the Kings on the come up, the Nuggets on the come up. Still the Blazers. You got the Utah. You got um, the OKC, Thunder. Yeah. OKC out there. Rock's like coming back. Rock, ooh, James. Spurs James. Are above 500, go Spurs, go. And you woo, woo, woo. <laughs> Mama, there goes that man. But we'll, we'll get to James later. Yeah. But yeah, Warriors are not having the... Nobody's laying down for them anymore. The young boys are growing up. And it's like, when a team's been on top for that long, you're going to know... You don't even have to watch footage. for. I mean, you're going to still have to watch footage, but you already know their style of basketball, how they play. So teams are coming for them every single night. And this ain't no cakewalk no more. So when they get to the playoffs... And I think they're going to get to the finals and more than likely win the finals unless Kawhi and Kyle already have something to say about that. We'll get to that, too. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough, man, because I think last year they swept. Maybe No, I think they, they beat the Spurs. Yeah, they beat the Spurs 4-1. Um, and I think the second round they played. Who they played in the second round? They played the Pelicans. Pelicans. They got swept. No, 4-1. And then conference finals, that was seven games. Man, if Chris Paul didn't get hurt, dog. Who's hurt again? Who's hurt again? We're going to talk about that, too. Hurt again. Pray for him. Pray for him, man. Oh, Lord. But my question for you is, like you said before, LeBron definitely, you know, LeBron definitely has mileage on him. You know, this is year 16, and he's, he just turned 34 years old. Obviously, Lakers are in a win-now mindset, so it would make sense if they did trade for somebody, but I really, really love this talent. And my question, two questions for you. One, how concerning do you think this is moving forward? Do you think it's going to be something like a Kobe effect where it's one injury after another injury after another injury? Because Father Prime is real, you know what I'm saying? You can not you can fight it off for so long. So that's my first question. Is this a concern moving forward? And two, um, do you think this is, based on the game you saw with them and, and how they've been playing this year, do you think this is the Lakers or LeBron? Do you think this is – the most talent LeBron's had as far as depth from, you know, first man up to number 15? Uh, from a depth standpoint, I definitely think that it's the most talent he's had. Um, potential talent, definitely, because we haven't seen everything from these kids yet. You know, I'm calling them kids, but they're always, but from these guys yet. Um, so You're older than Lonzo. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the most uh, the most talent depth-wise, yeah, definitely. Um, and Mike Beasley is even playing right now, so – and two, uh, I think you always have to err to caution when it comes to time. And but at the same time, it's the risk you have to take. 
I wouldn't be out there just playing LeBron like right now while he's hurt. I'll tell him like, "Yo, we're gonna figure this team out. Like, we're gonna let the young boys play for a while, and you take your time getting back." You know, Kobe was a competitor. He came back. His body was tired, and he came back and he played, and then ultimately led him to like they ran him into the ground, and that's. Yes, that's what that's what popped his Achilles. They ran him into the ground. We're not going to run LeBron James into the ground. Magic Johnson knows that. Uh, LeBron, I think, has just as much say in how he plays, and I think he understands that from a big picture. Because, again, LeBron's won these championships. What's his biggest goal right now? What he keeps saying is he wants to play with his son one day, and I don't think he's going to do anything to jeopardize that because in the grand scheme of things, LeBron's a planner. So I think you uh, should be a little bit cautious with him, but at the same time, like understand LeBron's going to do what he has to do to keep playing. It's crazy because, like, we're in the Western Conference and every game matters. Like, one day you're a second seed, the next day you seven seed, next day you're out of playoffs. Like, it's just crazy. So, um, I think since LeBron's been gone, he missed the past three games. And his groin injury is day-to-day. But uh, they lost the first two. Um, they could have won by a buzzer beater by Bogdanovich, right? Yes. Then I watched the game, um, the Lakers versus the Kings again. Um, they played great. You know, they were down and they came back and rallied. Um, Josh Hart played amazing. Lonzo really set the tone offensively, and Brandon Ingram, man, uh, I think he almost had like a triple-double damn near. I feel like Brandon Ingram plays better when Bron's not playing. Um, but he definitely played well in Christmas, but um, the Lakers' young talent is really, really nice, man. I, I, I enjoy watching them play, man. Um, so, you know, we'll see how far that goes. But uh, you think this is the best team he's played on depth-wise? Because, you know, Cleveland was 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 top-heavy with Kyrie and um, Kevin Love, and Miami was a little top-heavy, too. Uh, with D-Wade and Chris Bosh. But do you think from roster number one spot to number 15, this is his best team? And do you think this is his best shot at being the Warriors since he's, you know, been challenging the Warriors since he came back to Cleveland? Um, This is probably the best shot he's had in the last two, three years of beating the Warriors. Like since he's won the ring? Since he's won the ring, okay. yes, yes. Um, Again, I'm going to give it to the young boys with, with the dub. And they're they're a dangerous team, but they have to play up to that. They have to be ready for the moment. They have to move the ball. They have to they have to come correct because this team can run. They're long. They're athletic. They just can't be doing no elementary, no middle school and stuff. Let's not forget if they play the Warriors, like who was on that coaching staff for the Warriors? Luke Walton. He knows everything. Facts. He knows all that stuff. And that's the, all they want to do is get into the playoffs. I think there's a really concrete shot. So, again, I don't think that's why LeBron should rush any of this. If he has to set out a month, set out a month. And I, that's not smart to do. <laughs> not smart. They're going not, yeah, you're not. not. Rondo was, because Rondo broke his hand again, yes, I think. Yes, he's out for a month, too. Damn. He's out for a month, too. As long too. as he's there for playoff time. Because, dude, their bench is going to be sick in the playoffs. When you have Ron, Rondo running the show when Bron's out. Beasley, again, Beasley hasn't played in a while. So, I don't, anybody know what happened to Beasley? Somebody, anybody, but yeah, uh, <laughs> anybody, but yeah, I'm just saying. So if they can set themselves up for a playoff run, whether even if they're out of it for a few weeks and they come back in strong towards the All Star break, a little bit after the All Star break, amazing. I think that's when they need to be playing their best basketball. All they want is a spot. If LeBron gets his foot in the door, he can make it his house anywhere, and he, I think he can give anybody a run for their money. Yeah. And I definitely, this is this is a blessing in disguise too. The fact that LeBron is out and Rondo is out. This gives, you know, Lonzo Ball more playing time, uh, more, more you know, more of a load on him offensively as far as, you know, just dictating the pace of the game. So um, I just want him to continue to be aggressive, like attack the basket. Like, he was 190 last year. Now he's 210. Wow. He's a 
big point guard now. You know what I'm saying? Attack the basket. If he works on his finishing a little bit um, and continues to be consistent with his jump shot, dude, he's going to be good this year. And I feel like Lonzo's one of those players where he's not afraid of the moment. So I know they're going to be rookies of going into the playoffs, but I think Kuzma, Ingram, Lonzo, I think they're going to be ready, man. And you got the you got the veteran presence right there with LeBron and Rondo and Lance and all them who who've been battle tested. So I think they're gonna be good. Uh, so their next, I think LeBron's probably gonna probably miss the next what week. I think he's gonna have it off for like another week. I give him another week off. Okay, so their next five games they're playing OKC. Um, I think tomorrow, um, the Knicks, the Wolves, and Mavs, the Pistons. All these teams, uh, out of all these games, they could easily win them, but they could easily lose all of them. Um, I think a for sure one is the Knicks. OKC, I'm not sure. The Wolves, the resurgence of D-Rose. We'll see what that. Let's go D-Rose. Mavs, Luka Donage, we're going to talk about that too. And then the Pistons got Blake and Andre Drummond there. So this is going to be a good challenge for them. Um, So we'll see what's good with that. I think two or three of those games out of five are at home. So, you know, LeBron's going to be courtside. That should give them all the confidence they need, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, LeBron's Thanos, and he got his boys with him. So, hey. Sorry, Avengers. Sorry. <laughs> so do you think, looking at the whole landscape of the Western Conference, you know, let's say we go into the playoffs, let's fast forward to the playoffs, do you think the Lakers are the biggest threat to the Warriors? Nah, Lakers are definitely not the biggest threat to the Warriors, but they're a threat that you definitely wouldn't account for when you have other teams that are playing very well. You have the OKC mm-hmm. uh, that has a resurgence of um, Paul George. You have... Um, James Harden, who looks virtually unguardable. You saw the, the, the Christmas Day game, they played the Celtics, and him and Kyrie were going back and forth. That was Christmas Day? No, nah, they played yeah. the war. They, the, the Celtics played the Celtics played the, the 76ers, and then the Rockets played the Thunder. 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 They played the Thunder, but it was a few days later. Yeah. They played, they played the Celtics, yeah. and him and Kyrie were going back and forth. And, you know, James Harden, they get they give him free reign to take those shots and then what third quarter fourth quarter they start dropping this oh my god what the heck is going on so i'll give it to the rockets with a healthy chris paul they could damn near beat the warriors and then you know you have okc rush is not going to take note from anybody uh, as well as Paul george is playing amazing and then you have you have the lakers that all they have to do again is get into the playoffs and just sit back Sit back. It's like, you know, everybody fighting, throwing chairs, boondock style and stuff like that. And then, you know, you look up from the smoke and who's survived? Maybe, just maybe, this year, the Lakers. And what a story that would be. How do you feel about the Nuggets, man? They're the number one seed right now in the West. I feel, like, I feel like they're definitely up and coming. But I feel like, once again, the playoffs are probably win like, the first round. I think they're going to get an easy exit out. Uh, yeah, playoff experience matters, man. Playoff experience doesn't matter. It's a totally different season uh, in the playoffs. And if you notice one thing, it's all one-on-one basketball. Barely any help in the NBA in the regular season. You know when the help comes in? The playoffs. Because defensive assignments really matter. Scheme matters. But everybody knows that you're going through the motions. You're playing X amount of games. So watch how yourself out during the regular season. You get to the playoffs, basketball really comes back for the NBA. You know, you're playing a team over and over again, best of seven games, and that's when the Nuggets are really going to have to prove themselves when they get yeah. to the playoffs. Hopefully they make the playoffs. They're first. I'm not going to disrespect them. You're playing great. I'm not going <laughs> to disrespect you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but <laughs> that's when it's really going to see, like, what this team has in, has in mind. And I, I love to see it again. Young resurgence, the West. Wow, wow, West. 
Wow, wow, West, man. I love it, man. Every team is so competitive. Like from seed one to seed fourteen, just 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 punt the fucking um sorry for my language. Just punt the Suns. Like they're just <laughs> out of it. But team teams one through fourteen, like in the West, it's crazy. Like We're it's literally the Suns to the East. Send them to the East and they still won't make the playoffs, bro. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Um, but yeah, man, uh, Boogie's coming back, and a lot of people not talking about that. And a lot of people have been saying, oh, well, you know, the Warriors like to get up and down the court, so Boogie's game is not really suited for that. I'm like, yo, like, let's not forget the Warriors have always been fast-paced, and they had Andrew Bogut. So what makes you think that Boogie won't have a smooth transition? I know it's going to be bumps and bruises along the way because he's missed training camp. He's been injured the whole time. He's not coming back to the second half of the season. He might come back this month. Who knows? But I feel like through time, um, they're going to be a problem. If he's healthy, his Achilles feeling good, game over for the NBA, bro. Game Yo, over. I don't want to hear anything about Boogie and like slowing the fast-paced Warriors down. You know what starts fast pace in basketball to anybody? An outlet pass. That's all Boogie has to do. Get a, get a rebound, outlet pass. And then Boogie's skilled enough, and not saying he's going to be in midseason form when he comes back, but he's skilled enough to get an outlet pass himself and make the right decision or, you know, go from the top of the key into the block. Dude's a freaking age athlete. He came to the Warriors because he wants to win. I don't think he's going he's gonna to mess that up. He understands that, you know, his career – and his athletic ability, you know, can be taken away off of the Achilles injury. And he can, he's coming here to win. He's, he's not going to let, oh, fast pace, slow pace, or himself stop that. I don't see that happening. You know what he's going to do? He's going to play basketball like basketball players do, and they're going like to be straight. Team USA. Team USA. Buy into it, right? Yeah. He's going to get paid regardless. Wherever he go, he's going to get paid. You know, just just get, the, get the chip and just, you know, rock. Um, but what I, was, what I was about to say uh, – Damn, I forgot. I'm losing my train of thought right now. It was something with Boogie. I can't remember what it is with Boogie. Oh, I was saying, um, obviously in the playoffs, the game slows down. So um, do you think he could, if they get to the finals, do you think they would, you think he could potentially be a finals MVP this year? Or you think it's going to be Stafford Curry? I mean, Stafford. Uh, Stafford or KD. Stafford <laughs> KD. I feel it. I feel it. Because um, let's not forget, homie last year averaged like 28 and 12. If we're coming down to X X factor, possibly that's with Draymond out. I don't see Draymond playing too much more than like twenty minutes at best. You know what I'm saying? With with with, with not with Boogie playing like that with MVP numbers. You know that means Draymond just his season took a turn. And sad thing is that means that Draymond will be out next year because maybe they'll ship Draymond and Boogie's only on a one year contract. They can't sign everybody back. That will really destroy the. Oh, there we go. If if Boogie is somehow a Finals MVP, the Warriors are done for the years coming out. Because one, Draymond will take the pay cut for one. You think Draymond will take the pay cut? Because they were about to give him an extension, but he declined that. <laughs> I'm just saying he's the one you can you can pay less mm-hmm. out the bunch at that point. Yeah. But with Boogie Cousins playing like that, you know Boogie's gonna go and leave and get his bag, oh. possibly to who? The Lakers. Maybe back to the Pelicans if AD goes to the Lakers. Lakers would be lit though. Lakers would be kind of crazy, but again, I don't, I don't see that happen. I think you have to swing the ball in that kind of offense. Mm-hmm. So it, it will be have to be KD who's virtually unguardable when he gets going, or it has to be Seth who is unguardable shoot when he walks in the gym half the time. So I, I don't see that happening for Boogie. Could he do it? Ah, uh, possibly. You know, it's paper for mustard seed, but we'll see.
We'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely you know? see. We'll definitely see. So what I want to get to next is this whole Anthony Davis news that's been reoccurring all the time. Is he going to get traded? Is he not going to get traded? Does LeBron have enough help? Does he not have enough help? Is Anthony Davis happy in New Orleans? He's not happy in New Orleans. Blah, 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 blah. Like, like what do we think is going to happen? Um, so, you know, just when I watched this Christmas matchup, um, I was like, yo, LeBron, like, you can quote unquote sacrifice this year because you have the pieces to at least get to the conference finals. LeBron is so great no matter what conference he's in. I think he's that type of guy that when it matters most, he's going to carry his team. And like I said before, I asked you that question earlier, like, yo, this is this is best pieces around him. I think from 1 to 15, um, I think this is the best piece around him. So a lot of people are saying, yo, trade a, trade and get AD. Win now, win now, win now. But I'm like, yo, you can probably, you could possibly win now. Yeah. Depending on how DeMarcus Cousin pans out, you already know how the Warriors are. You know what I'm saying? You took them to six games when Kyrie and Kevin Love, you know, were out. You came to that back 3-1. Obviously, the whole roster changed twice on them um, last year. But it's going to be interesting, man. Um, I say you keep your young talent around you because if you trade for AD, you're not going to have that many assets. So you're basically going to have to sign, you know, for, uh, mid-level exceptions and then also pe- people from the D-League. Um, so I'm keeping Josh Hart. I'm keeping Brandon Ingram. I'm keeping Lonzo Ball. I'm keeping Kyle Kuzma. And you have cap space next year to get another free agent. Yeah. I think looking at the landscape, it's L.A. I don't think it's that hard to make that decision. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's beautiful over there. You know, I, I visited there for a couple of days. Um, that in San Diego. It's beautiful out there. Um, so if they stay if they stay tacked right now, I think in the offseason – they're just a player away for competing. And like you said, Boogie would be a nice upgrade at the center position. Yeah. That would actually be tough because I'm banking on Ingram and Kuzma keep, uh, to keep developing. Um, so we'll see what's good with that. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And if you had to trade AD, who would you give up? Because I said to myself, I'm not getting rid of Kyle Kuzma and I'm not getting rid of Lonzo. I think Lonzo your future as far as a point guard. Um, but if you want, if it's if it's if it's really a small window of opportunity, like you you're not you only want to win for the in these next four years and not long term, um, then it makes sense to trade for AD. But tell me your thoughts on all that, man. Uh, we'll start off with um, who would I get rid of? I think um, probably somebody like I'd have to release a Caldwell Pope. I'd have to release Brandon Ingram because Brandon Ingram would pretty much be in the spot that AD will be playing a lot of times, like kind of like that stretch role. And that's what they want Brandon Ingram to be right now that he hasn't totally developed into um, consistently is that kind of like that stretch role, that four that can, you know, shoot the uh, the open ball consistently enough uh, for those swing times. And when you get it, be able to make something happen from like the mid post to, you know, coming out the free line extended. So I'd have to get rid of Brandon Ingram for that one. I'd have to keep Kuz. He's a, he's a baller. I'd have to Kuz keep Lonzo. Dog, bro. Dog. Kuz is a- Oh. I need a dog. I need a dog. Uh, and also, you could argue this year he's playing better than Jason Tatum. Yeah, yeah. And the, the All Star packed Celtics. What's gonna happen to that team? But back to it. Also, um, like you were saying, um, LA is not a hard selling point for anybody. Definitely LeBron tampering, tampering, tampering. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Twitter fingers. But um. He uh definitely not a hard selling point for because think about it, and I was talking to somebody about this the other day. LeBron has a whole setup. Why why was it smart for LeBron to go to L.A. 
because one, he's building an empire. He has uh he has his site. He has what the undefeated, the undefeated, uninterrupted, uninterrupted deal on HBO. Space Jam Two, plus Space Jam Two coming out. The production studios are over there. It's LeBron's town. So if anybody wants to build their empire, and and really like you know what what what's gonna do anybody good by sitting down with LeBron. And it's not, they're not talking basketball. They're talking future. They're talking legacy. They're talking life after basketball, LeBron, when he sits them down for dinner. And you know what's the most enticing thing to a person that's been playing basketball their whole life and, you know, just like thinking of the end maybe? It's, oh, how can I help myself after basketball? And you know what LeBron already has? He has an empire outside of basketball that he can help any free agent with, whether it's AD, whether it's, you know, this, that, and the third person, Paul George, yada, yada, yada. Any any free agent that really wants to build their career outside of basketball, LeBron has the tools and the people around him to make him do it. So that's what he's talking about in the meetings. That's that's the temperance side of it. It's not basketball. It's not, oh, like, we'll win. It's the, yo, we're going to be rich for a very long time because I'm in LA. I got my stuff set up, so come let me help you. Easy as that. I like that. I like that. I like that. And it, and it, and it kind of just makes sense. I was going to save this towards the end, but since we're already on LeBron James right now, LeBron um, James. Can we can we can, can you get that clip out real quick? LeBron James. The clip. Can we get you. the clip? We're going to get the clip LeBron out. James. So, <laughs> LeBron James declared that he is the GOAT. Um and he has a show on ESPN Plus that's called More Than the Athlete. Um and just listen to what he said real quick. Right there made you the greatest player of all time. You know, everybody was just talking how they were the greatest team of all time. Like, it was the greatest team to ever assembled. And for us to come back, you know, the way we came back in that fashion, I was like, you did, you did something special. That's probably one of the only times in my career I felt like, oh, shit, like you did something special. I haven't had, really had time to really, like, sit back and think, but that, that was a moment. That was the moment when he was down 3-1, he realized he was the GOAT. So he declared on this show that he is the GOAT. Um, so, you know, this is going to, this makes a lot of people mad, makes a lot of people happy. Um, and one side, the GOAT in everyone's eyes, or most eyes, is Michael Jordan, 6 for 6, um, freak athlete, you know, three-peated uh, twice. Um, leading scorer in the NBA, I think like ten, like ten straight years or something like that. <laughs> um, so it's just different paths because you have the MJ story, which is basically like a book, um, and then you have a LeBron James story. Who, if you look at any team he's ever been on, he's always been able to carry them to the finals. Um, you know, the first time when he was in uh, Cleveland, I remember they got swept um, by the San Antonio Spurs. He still took that trash ass team to the finals. Came back to Miami. Went to the finals four straight years. Came back to Cleveland, four straight years. Yep. Four straight years. Um, and then when you look at LeBron, his impact. Whenever he leaves a franchise, they're the worst team in the NBA. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, there's just a lot of things to think about when you when you say the goat. I'm not gonna really call him the goat yet. I just have to see how his career pans out because his career is not over yet. Um, but he's definitely in a direction. If you want to argue rings, then he. Obviously, you can't compare to six. No, no one can. Um, if you talk about rings, Bill Russell has how many rings he got? Like 
a, a minimum of nine or ten, probably thirteen or something like that. So, um, I think it's just going to be something where we have to really wait for his career to be over and see what happens, um, especially these next couple of years. Because if he wins a few, if he wins at least two, and for the Lakers, that's five chips right there. You know, three rings with two, with three different franchises. That's crazy. Um, but what are your thoughts on his comments? Declaring he's the go. I like I like the swagger. He was a little lit off the wine. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't I don't mind him saying that. You know, you know people can make comments on LeBron all they want to, but he's not somebody out there bragging about how good he is on a daily basis. What does he do? He goes out there. He puts up the numbers. He's efficient, and it shows. You take him off a team, whether whether you like it or not, the team declines tremendously from him uh, because you can't replace. The numbers he does, you can't replace his basketball IQ. You can't replace any of that, and that's that's big time. That's really big time for him. He uh, just again, if you look at it, he's played in a different era of basketball, and he's transitioned into this freedom of movement era of basketball. So, so the early two thousands when he came into the to the league, the mid two thousands when he came into the league, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the same kind of league. They were you could foul a little bit more, all that stuff like that. That was like the Paul Pierce. Pistons kind of lead. I'm not, not Celtics. Excuse me. Celtics. Uh, right after the Detroit Pistons were on their terror with uh Chauncey Billup, uh Rick Hamilton, if uh, if I'm not mistaken, all that stuff like that. Rash- uh, Rasheed Wallace, all that stuff like that. So he came in the league like that, you know, and then he transitioned into this freedom of movement kind of league. So he's been great and kind of like the end of an era of basketball and the beginning of an era of basketball and. You, you can't deny his greatness. Whether you think he's the GOAT or not, you cannot deny his greatness. Do I think he's the GOAT? I think he's making a good case for himself, if I can make a political answer. I think he's making a great case for himself. And uh, I think his comments are, are justified. So, hey, LeBron James, LeBron James. And it's crazy because, like, you can argue he is the GOAT, too. Like, Michael Jordan had Phil Jackson. Yeah. For all his rings, LeBron's never really had a top tier coach like that. Eric Spoelstra's respectable, you know he's done what he had to do. But since LeBron's left, where have they been? Where what what's what's been their success in the playoffs before and after LeBron's departure? David Blatt, Mike Brown, Luke Wallet, Tyron Lue. Can you imagine if LeBron was coached by like Pop or coached by what's his name? Phil Jackson? Jackson. Even Doc Rivers. You know what I'm saying? These top tier, even even uh what's the homie's name from the 76ers back when AI was there? Larry Brown? Larry Brown. Or what's his name? Pat Riley. Pat Riley. Imagine if he had one of these guys as a head coach. I think he would not have as many finals losses. Um but man, we'll see. I would definitely see, like I said, it's going to be something where you have to wait until his career is over. But what do you think would make him become the GOAT? More rings? Because I feel like rings do matter. But is he is he showcasing playing at a high level for 16 straight years? Um, like, what is it? His longevity is going to take into effect? His stats? Like, like what, would, what would make you be comfortable – Going into the barbershop, talking with people, saying, yeah, he's a GOAT. That's a tough one. And I can't get caught up in the hype of, you know, the society we live in and talking about, oh, like, yo, give me, show me flashy or show me, like, rings, stuff like that. 
granted, MJ had an amazing team around him. He had Rodman, he had Pimpin', all that stuff like that. LeBron's numbers are consistent. His playing style is consistent. His his MVP numbers are consistent. You just can't give him the MVP year after year after year because what? People get tired of that, you know? And and he, we're playing in, like, the media age where everything has to be hyped up and stuff like that. And I think that might be one of LeBron's biggest competitors for the GOAT talk is just the age that we live in. It's all about the media. It's all about something new. It's all about this, that, and the third. But LeBron, through all of that, has been consistent. So I don't – for me, you don't have to show me anything else, you know? His career could stop now, and he'd be in that conversation. One, his, his build, his athleticism, what he, and how long he's been in the league, his longevity, his his consistency, for one. If you, if you apply LeBron James to the team, if you take him away – from the team and then look at the team, that kind of stuff. So there's just nothing for me being like a, a true basketball person and understanding how tough that stuff is. There's nothing that he has to do anymore to, to really make me think or argue his case for the GOAT. I believe it. I'll take it into consideration when it all comes down to it, you know, when the final judgment is passed. But, hey, LeBron's know what he needs to do. And LeBron, we, and LeBron we trust, you know what I'm saying? LeBron James. LeBron James, LeBron James. Continue with LeBron James. <laughs> so LeBron James has a show on HBO called The Shop. Um, you know, you know, every time you go to the barbershop, you know, that's when you talk, you know, about life and about sports and all that good stuff. That's when you feel most comfortable in your own skin, you know what I'm saying? Um, so the third episode got released, um, I think, about a week or two ago. Um, you know, LeBron's to the point where he's so high in stature that whatever he says has a you know, effect on our whole entire generation. Um, yeah. It's a news story now, and he's in L.A. Um, but on his show, uh, The Shop, he discussed how in the NFL you have a bunch of old white men only teams with that slave master mentality. So uh, one of the quotes he was like, and it's like, this is my team. You do what the fuck I tell y'all to do or we get rid of y'all. Um, so this is the same NFL who had um, players like Kaepernick and Eric Reed who filed grievances against the NFL and its you know team owners for essentially keeping them away from the football field based on their ideals when it comes to social issues. Um, I just don't get how kneeling for what you believe in in a respectable way um, is wrong in their heads. Um, but what I love about the NBA that it's more so of a welcoming environment for the players. Like I said, it is a players league um, and players are, you know, Players are, you know, all about having a voice, um, and the commissioner is very, very progressive. Um, and you know, LeBron James said the best when he was like, "As long as we're doing it in an educational, nonviolent way, then you know, there's, there's, he's absolutely okay with it." Um, so, what are your thoughts on that comments? You know, with the NFL being kind of, you're kind of like a caged animal in a sense, as opposed to the NBA, where you're more free to do what you want in a respectable way. Let's 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 start this at at a at a ground level, okay? So we'll we'll get to the NFL owners uh, being you know quote unquote kind of like slave master mentality, but uh, we'll start with you know athletes in general, uh-huh. and we'll we'll start, we'll talk about Alabama the, the game they just had. So I was watching, and then the Alabama running back came came down, trucked the safety on Oklahoma, right? And what happened five minutes later? We went to commercial break. They cart the safety off the field, and what happens? There's another play. There's, there's another play. Okay, so that, that that tells you how dispensable that athletes are, even even at an amateur level. So you come to the pro level where people are going to pay in millions of dollars, owners who are billionaires, how dispensable these athletes are. And, you know, that goes to a whole nother 
topic of just, hey, uh, you know, uh, athletes should be paid in college, this, that, and the third. But, but let's get back to it. LeBron James uh, mentioned once, he was like, hey, I probably would have made more money going to college for a year than I would have made my first year in the NBA just because, you know, the NCAA is – it's corrupt. We'll, we'll say how it is. It's corrupt. They throw these kids bags. They want to, you know, uphold the integrity of it. But at the same time, everybody knows that these kids are getting so much amount of money to come to college for a year, you know, to, to up their status, whether it's Adidas, whether it's Nikes, to stand the third. So you come to the NFL where guys are putting their life on the line. These guys are, are literally weapons. Like, that's how hard these guys get hit on a daily basis. And for an owner, for your boss to be suppressing how you feel about stuff, your, your, your viewpoints, your speech, your, your your ideology, and in a lot of ways, your culture, and that, that's that's a, that's a bigger that's a bigger issue within itself, you know, for for the, the disenfranchisement, the, the 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 wealth gap between you know maybe ethnic ethnicities, I can't even say it, but races maybe, and um, in the whole grand scheme of things. It, it looks th- as such. There's no reason that Colin Kaepernick shouldn't have a job. There's no reason that that these players that are supporting him in the process should not have a job. But you know what? It looks like these guys are super dispensable. And you know what? You get blackballed if you say anything outside of the realm that's going to make their owners money. So it's a, it's a whole class system that's really just it's been tough. And I I, I understand where LeBron's coming from. I. I kind of, I'm not going to say kind of, I agree that they have the slave master mentality in a lot of ways. And you don't have to relate it to American slavery, any kind of slavery, you know, where you just can take away somebody's right to do something because of how you feel. That kind of oppression, you know, that's what the NFL owners have done. Whether they speak on it or not, that's that's what's happening, you know. So I feel that statement. I've been on a tangent for that one, but... Yeah, man, like LeBron James was hit it right on the head. The slave master mentality, and you know, again, one of these guys goes down, what are they going to do? They're going to sign somebody else. They're going to sign somebody else. That's just going to either come in. Let's not forget, in the NBA, there's what, a little over 300 players, and the NFL is damn near like 1,600. Yeah, so. And, they, and in the NBA, since you, there's, you don't have a helmet, the, you know, with NBA, there's a face behind everything. In the NFL, you, who, who gets the most acclaim? The quarterbacks, quarterback. the running backs, like quarterback. that's it. No one cares about the other players like that. I hear, I hear Robert Kraft's name more than I hear about either anybody that's second string in the NFL or anybody. You know, Robert Kraft, the baby Robert Kraft, or you know, the owners. The, that's who run that league. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is, is the figure. He he runs the NFL. You know, so I I agree with LeBron saying. He I think he hit it right on the nose. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. So. NFL, do us a favor, man. Um, take care of your players. You know what I'm saying. And at the same time, let it's it's America's 2019. It's January 1st, 2019. If players want to protest respectably, let them do it. Don't don't sugarcoat stuff anymore, man. Like, come on, man. So, big facts, big facts. <laughs> so, John Wall, uh, I know you like the Wizards a little bit. But- <laughs> but John Wall just got injured, um, and he elected to have a season-ending surgery on his left heel, which I did not know about. 
Um, so right now the Wizards are currently standing at 14 and 24, which is 10 games behind 500. Um, clearly, in my mind, they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, my question to you is, do you think they're going to make the playoffs? And number two, do you think they should possibly tank and get a nice draft pick if you guys have any? I'm telling you, oh, when it all falls down. I'm telling you, oh, 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 when it all falls down. Yo, I'm like, I got a tear running down my face right now. Like, I lie to you not, bruh. Like, what? I have a tear. I'm, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like somebody invited John Wall over to the, to the like, yo, we hanging out, John. And it's like, oh, who all there? And dude was like, you know, Bradley here, you know, Kelly left, but you know, uh, we got Ariza here, you know, everybody. And LeBron was like, I'm going to let you know if I'm going to pull up. Bro. And this is coming from the heart, bro. I don't know if the Wizards are going to get it together. Granted, Bradley Bill has a has the ability to pull up numbers. I've 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 sat there and I've watched Bradley Bill practice. I've rebound for Bradley. I've um, you know, I've got I've got a chance to listen to him talk and just see his work ethic. And I would never take anything away from Bradley because I, I know he he's a worker. He's a worker. He's a worker. He gets up shots off the shots at the shots at the practice. That's all he does. He's 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 a dog. He works. He works. So I think a Bradley Bill at Wizards could could see improvement. From from you know, from what they've seen. So you don't have with LeBron, not LeBron, excuse me, LeBron James. But with John Wall sitting out, he uh, he kind of opens up the door. It's not as many like figureheads up there. It's not as much that can happen with conflict. So it could be Bradley Bill's team for a while, and Bradley could be doing the numbers because we've seen that Bradley can do numbers in the past season, and you know this season in general. In there's been talks to say, oh, we should get him on the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could be another superstar. And Bradley Bill has that effect. He's that good of a player. So I think the, the Wizards could improve. Do I think they can make the playoffs? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Do I think they can make the playoffs? Hell to the man. Oh. Man, man. I mean, I, I mean, last year, John missed, what, 40, 40 games? Yeah. Uh, they were 20 and 20, so they yeah. played 500 basketball. I don't know what their schedule is looking like. Um, if it's gotten even harder now, but ten games out of five hundred, that's tough. That's steep, bro. Granted, the seventh and eighth seed in the East, like I think they're under five hundred, so they could make a push. But you got rid of Kelly, no John Wall. Is Dwight Howard playing? Dwight Howard still got booty surgery. Like he's healing from that. We'll talk about it another day. <laughs> we'll see, man. I mean, if Dwight comes back, that could be a nice one-two punch with him and him and Bill. But I, I just don't see them making the playoffs. What has Dwight bro? Howard done for me lately? Nothing. Cricket sounds. Yeah, yeah. Nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not Dwight Howard. I wouldn't rely on him. I I bring uh, my man back that they traded to the Clippers. Um, what's his name? Gortat. I bring Gortat. Gortat would do a lot more for me than Dwight Howard would do. Shoot, anyway, the Clippers are playing pretty well this year. Yeah. Shout out to Clippers. Uh, Mike Scott. Uh, Gortat. Uh, what? Kenneth Reed. Lou, Lou, like I'm Lou Will, like I'm Lou Will, yeah, Clippers are balling. But yeah, um, so I just want to talk, talk about that just a little bit since you Wizards fan one night and LeBron, I mean, <laughs> I keep saying LeBron, they kind of play kind of similar. I got a soft spot in my heart for the Wizards. Yeah. Am I a completely Wizards fan? No, but I've been <laughs> in their practices, I've, 
been in their organization for a week at a time here and there, and I got love for them. And my Wizards fan, come on, guys. I'm a fan of each and every one of the individuals in the organization, but as a whole, Lord help me. Lord help me. Hey, shout out to the Wizards, man. I see y'all, man. Keep working. Please keep working. Keep working. Let's make the playoffs. So last year, you know, there's a big, big, big uh, NBA campaign. Who's rookie of the year? Who's rookie of the year? Is it is it Donovan Mitchell or is it is it Ben Simmons? You know, ben Simmons. obviously too. Ben Simmons. Yeah. And so next year, Ben Simmons. Yeah. So so people people were saying like, you know, Donovan Mitchell was like, yo, I'm actually a rookie. Like I have no experience in the NBA. Um, I haven't been around the team the whole year. I haven't got extra reps in and whatnot. He is struggling right now. Um, so I'm technically a real rookie. You know, Ben Simmons like I haven't played an NBA game, so I am a rookie too. Uh, so I can see where both stood from, but to me, if I was in Ben Simmons' perspective, if I ain't played a game yet in the NBA, I'm I'm a rookie. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say is when you think of rookies this year, there's only one that comes to mind, and I'm pretty sure you know what I'm about to say. Yeah. Luca. Luca. Knowledge. Luca. That boy like a is a beast, bro. He may be one of the best rookies of our generation. Um, homie is is 19 years old, putting up 19.6 points per game, six and a half rebounds, five assists. Some random dude from Slovenia. Slovenia? Am I saying that right? Some random dude from Slovenia is giving the business to every NBA team on a nightly basis, whether it be the Warriors, whether it be the Blazers, whether it be the Rockets, whether it be OKC, like whoever it is, like he's coming for your head. Um is he clearly the runaway MVP? I mean, rookie of the year. Um, and what do you think? Do you think Dallas, Dallas lucked up, man? I thought they were going to get Trey Young, but they were smart training up for Luca. I think he's going to be he's going to be their future. Um, and I really love the pieces they have. I think they're like seventeen to eighteen right now. I really love their pieces around them. You got Wesley Matthews, who's your OG, one of the OG three and Ds, like a Danny Green. You got DeAndre Jordan, who's a force in the paint. Harrison Barnes, who is improving year by year. Dennis Smith, who's playing well, too. <laughs> so it's like, damn, like you have all these pieces around you. I think Dallas is going to be good for years to come, too. So my question for you is, uh, how do you feel about Luka Doncic's play, man? Um, he's been he's been great. You know what I'm saying? My boy just get blessed me with league pass on my PlayStation. So Whenever Dallas is playing a team that's like at five hundred or whatnot or a marquee game, I'm, I'm tuning in, man. And he he does it all, man. He he does it all. Like, how do you feel about him, man? Run away, love. Run away, love. Run away, Luca, my guy. Get gone, bro. Get gone. You better run, Luca. Cause yo, like he he has the rookie of the year MVP numbers going for him. Like he's he's not asleep at 19 years old, and it seems like he's going nowhere. He's going nowhere. And, you know, he can only go up from here. That's the crazy part. At 19 years old, he can only go up from here. We might, I'm not going to jump the gun, but the way he's playing, we, we might be talking about him for a long time. Like Luka Donick, like, geez, Louise. The shots that he's been hitting, the moves that he has. And he, he plays such a such an interesting style of basketball. But it's like, there's one objective, put the ball in the hoop. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does. That's what he does. Like, it's, yo, he's he's impressed me. He's impressed me so far. At 19 years old, again, he he's doing the damn thing. And 
I think between him and Trey Young, Dallas made the better decision to go up and get him. He's the reigning EuroLeague MVP. And this is something that they're going to see, you know, the American system of, of doing things. And I really think they might start changing stuff. You know, we might we might mess around and start going to, like, a club system with sports here and people having the rights to to literally, like, amateur athletes or, <laughs> you, you know, kids that, that are balling because Luca really panned out. And they're like, oh, we got Luca. That's how he – came up. So people are going to look into this, try to start changing stuff just because of Luca, how good he is. He's He might be a generational player, and shout out to him. Yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. So Luca clearly runaway rookie of the year. Um, no one's on his level, honestly. And the fact that he's impacting the game so far, and 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 they have a chance to go to the playoffs this year, that's, that's crazy. So huge fan of him. You know, going to continue to watch his career, see how things pan out. I just hope he has that mindset where, all right, I know I'm good. Am I going to stay complacent or am I going to try to be one of the best to do it? So if he stays, if he keeps that mindset, he could be a future MVP in this league, to be okay. honest. Definitely going to be an all-star. A lot of people were asking me the other day, you think he's going to be an all-star this year? I was like, nah, not this year. But maybe in the future, definitely, but not not this year. West too stacked. West too stacked. Cool. Um, but let's talk about... You know the resurgence of 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 the of, of the Rockets and James Harden. So to give you guys a backstory, the Rockets were the best team in the West last year. Um, I think they had the overall best record in the NBA, and they got to the Western Conference Finals. And if it weren't for Chris Paul getting injured yet again, uh, hurting his hamstring, I think they would have beat the Golden State Warriors in seven games. And I also think that they would have beat LeBron in six. Um, since then, they got rid of the defensive coordinator, who they just got back. Um, they traded, I mean, not in Gataway. They got rid of uh, Bob Mute, and they got rid of Trevor Reza, their wing defenders, who were very vital to their success defensively. They were top 10 in defense sufficiency last year. Um, and you add Melo, Melo had some drama. They were boo-boo, got rid of him. And then they were as low as 15th in the West. And we were all like, damn, like, yo, why is Houston looking like this? Like, are they actually going to make the playoffs? Like, what's going on? Like, you literally, I guess, I know you lost these two pieces, but are you going to take that much of a step back? Um, but, you know, I think they they all heard us. The basketball guys heard us. They heard us. Everybody heard us. Um, and they've been hooping, man. And James Harden, since Chris Paul's been out, has been hooping. Um, and in their last 11 games, the Rockets are 10-1. and one. They currently stand at 21-15 and 15 in the West, making them the five seed. In the last 11 games, he's averaging 39 points per game, nine assists, six rebounds, two steals, and 38 – on playing 38 minutes, you know, uh, per game. And I was just on Instagram, actually, while you were wrapping up your last, you know, take. Yep. Um, so apparently in a 10-game span, James Hanna has the most points, rebounds, and assists. 408 points, 89 assists, 68 rebounds over his last 10 games. And like I said, the most ever in a 10-game span. So it's crazy because I didn't even think James Harden would even be an MVP candidate this year, obviously, because you have the narratives. Oh, the emergence of Giannis, um, Steph Curry being dominant, Paul George putting up numerous crazy numbers, LeBron going over to the West, the emergence of Jokic uh, for the Nuggets. I thought – he was going to, like, slide by. But the fact that they were the 14th seed and now are the fifth seed and can only get better from here on out, and Chris Paul's gone, and they lost their defensive pieces on the wing, if they get a top 
three C. He might win back to back MVP. Um, just tell me about your take on how he's been playing, how the Rockets are looking. Are they going to be a threat? And do you think he could potentially win MVP again based on the narrative? Because the NBA allows narratives to you know the MVP race. So how you feel about that, man? Um, James Harden's big time. He's uh somebody you would like want taking the shots. Uh, there's always like the stipulation. Oh, he's just drawing for the foul. It's like no, he's. Uh, really, really unguardable at times with his step back, with his moves, with the uh, kind of between the legs, kind of rock you to sleep kind of thing, and then boom, step back or boom, drive past you. Um, I, I know I'm, I'm left-handed myself. I'm not James Harden, so it's not, but I'm left-handed. And Your jump shot reminds me of Michael Red. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that, appreciate that. So I'm left-handed myself, and I know how much trouble people have with just, you know, kind of like the southpaw, Switching up from stuff, and then it's James Harden. He's a pro athlete, yeah. pro player. Um, let's go to his MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he he's he's nice with it. He's yeah. really nice with it. And I think for 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 the narrative, he 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 would definitely get it because these numbers are inexcusable. You 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 can you can lie about a whole bunch of stuff, but numbers is not Bro, one of them. He's averaging thirty three right <laughs> now. Like, he's averaging thirty three points, dog. Yeah. Can't nobody guard this man. Nobody guards this man. I was looking at another stat too. I think it's him and like maybe four or five other players. Like he scored forty last night and only made eight field goal attempts. So he was like, he went to the line. I think he shot twenty seven free throws. Like, how do you how do you guard this man? And the thing is, you can't switch off of him. You know, you have your best defender guarding him. Pick and roll happens, and then damn, what do you do? Not a damn thing either. Because James Harden is on a big man. He's on a smaller player. You can't switch off of them. Once the switch happens, it's a wrap. And then who do they have around him? They might have some shooters, or he drives it, dishes it to Capella, who's a beast around the rim. And it's crazy because, like, he's not the fastest. He's not the strongest. He's not the most, you know, flashy to watch. But he finds a way to get to the rim every single time. <laughs> it's so crazy, man. He knows how to play basketball. Like, he knows how to play basketball. Literally like that, you know. What it, he knows how to play it within the rules. He he bends them to his will. He doesn't break them unless they don't call like the step back. There's three steps. Mm-hmm. Side note, but yeah. Oh, I remember that video <laughs> went viral. He, he kept stepping back all the way into L.A. Like, that was that was a cha cha slide, love slide, all that stuff like that. Um, if we if we could fast forward to this, the team as the Rockets. Um, real, real real basketball players, real real team people understand that. It doesn't always have to be the the team with the best players on it. It's the best team that wins. And I think when James Harden is on the tarot like this, everybody knows their role. Clint Capella's not shooting three pointers, you know, like James Harden is supposed to be. And then, you know, Chris Paul's on the bench. James Harden's over there. Uh, Tucker is playing. Uh, Green, Gerald Green, right? Is, no, yeah. not Gerald Green. Gerald Green's balling, doing, doing what he needs to do. The, the, the Rockets are an amazing team. Okay, when they understand who needs to be taking Austin the shots. Rivers is playing since they got him. Yo, Austin, because he won't doing this with the Wizards. Yeah, but I feel like D'Antoni always inflates you. You know your stats and definitely your, from an offensive standpoint. He, yeah, he's he's doing what he has to do. But yeah, keep going. Sorry for cutting you up, man. No, all good, all good. But yeah, like they're a team. You know, we've seen who might have the best players. The Warriors might have the best players from a top down lineup, and they're not doing too well because they're what they're not the best team right now. You know, they have the best players. They should be the best team, but the best team right now, playing-wise, these last few games have, have been the Rockets because they know James Harden needs to take these shots. I need to do what I need to do. 
is that in the third, like down the line, you know, the best team understands their roles and they play it well. Right now, the Warriors are slipping with their roles as well as like the other teams in the league might not have that together, but the Rockets are really on the come up. Yeah, definitely. So um, they're going to do work. But the thing is, in the playoffs, the game gets slowed down and it becomes way more physical. So I just BSE because sometimes when you go to the line, I'd be like, all right, bro, that clearly wasn't a foul. Um, and we saw that translate over to the Golden State series um, in the conference finals. There, there, was, there was actually times when I was like, yo, he actually kind of got fouled. Um, but not going to get that much foul calls. How, does this, how is this game going to translate in the playoffs? Do you think it's going to work this time around? And how far do you think the Rocks can go when Chris Paul does return? Um, when Chris Paul does return, I think the sky's the limit. Because all they needed was him last year. All they needed was, like, one more piece. But you got Boogie coming back. You do have Boogie coming back. But, again, I still think they can go pretty far. Uh, definitely if it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, who maybe can shoot the best. That you, know, you know, I think the Rockets can really, like, Shake some stuff up, and again, I think this this how they're playing now really translate to the, really translates to the playoffs. Uh-huh. Um, it's not going to be too much different. They're a playoff tested team, you know, yeah. minus the few pieces that they had last year, the Ariza, the um, Monte. But I think I think they can keep this going. This is not the Nuggets, you know. I'm not looking at them. I'm like, you know, when they get the playoff, what are they going to do? I think it'll be pretty consistent. I think the only thing that really changes is a game seven, you know. Maybe some adjustments. Maybe somebody hits a shot here and there. Maybe somebody stays healthy. They're a game seven away from being in the NBA Finals. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. So we're going to see what's good with that. PG-13. Um, <laughs> OKC is currently third in the West right now. One and a half game out of first place. Um, they actually just beat Dallas. They got their revenge on Dallas yesterday. And, you know, Russell Westbrook actually played well. Um, but PG, man, um, he's been playing Fucking amazing. Sorry for my language. Sorry for my French. He's been averaging 27 points per game, eight assists, and four rebounds with two steals, shooting 84% from the field. I mean, from the free throw line and 38% from three. Um, I think this is the best he's ever played. The numbers don't lie. Um, and my question for you is, should he be, you know, considered an MVP? Um, should he be in the MVP race right now? And mind you, when the season started, Russell Westbrook, I think he had that surgery, and then Russell Westbrook sprained his ankle, and they were playing winning basketball. I think they started off 0-4, um, then they just started winning, even without Russell Westbrook, and he's putting up these numbers. Russell Westbrook's been struggling, too, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But um, where would you rank PG right now? Do you think he's an MVP candidate right now? I think he's definitely top five with where his team is. Uh, of course, you got Giannis up there. You got James Harden. You got Paul George around there. I mean, people can always make a case for LeBron. You can make a case for maybe Kyrie too. But uh, Paul George is up. He's top. He's top five MVP race. Um, depending on how the season finishes, he has a uh, Russell right there beside him. But who's gonna say? Oh, James Harden has. You know, James Harden has Chris Paul right there beside him here and there. Who's also been hurt too. So, again, he's right up there with James Harden in the MVP race. He's doing numbers. Like, the month of, like, December, he had, like, a 32, 33-piece. I think he maybe had a 40-piece somewhere in there. But he's been going crazy. He's been holding up the team. And, you know, he made a decision to come back to OKC. Yeah, man. um, It's crazy because, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Last year you get traded over there. 
Um, and then you have Melo as well, too. So they don't really know their roles. Um, and I feel like this year, playing with the year under Russell Westbrook, playing under that system with Billy Donovan, um, you know, and just working on your game in the offseason, um, I think you really, you know, really work for him. And I also think that what's helping him a lot is apparently he went to Billy Donovan. He's like, yo, don't run no plays for me no more. Like, Facts. just let it be a free flow for me and let me do what I got to do. And he been hooping, man. Uh, when his shot is falling, he be looking like OGT Mac out there, man. Nah, Paul George is a—he's definitely an athlete. Definitely somebody's gonna go get it and go get his. How he does it. It's interesting he brought up that. Uh, hey, Billy Donovan, don't run any plays with me. For me, I think he had to figure out what he wanted, how he wanted to insert himself in that system of how they were playing. And Billy Donovan, being the great coach he is, it's like all right, I can get him open like this. I can get him open like that. You know, sometimes ballers just they just want to hoop. They just want to hoop. You know, IQ or not. But I think his IQ is high enough where he can read the defense without it being just a set thing. I think it might have been a little bit limiting to him yeah. to where is it being set plays. Maybe he didn't have – he thought somebody was, like, just not playing their their part well enough. So somebody – like, you give somebody a set play, say, and it's like, okay, you're going to set the screen, and then maybe they just set the screen. They're not really thinking more basketball IQ. was like, all right, I set the screen, then I go to the corner to spread the floor out. And I think that's what he really was saying. It's like, hey, just let us hoop when I'm on the floor. I'll figure it out. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll let it flow for me. And then he's been doing well ever since. So, hey, shout out to Paul George and his basketball IQ and his, his greatness. And credit to Russell Westbrook, too. Um, he's virtually taking a back seat. So he's letting Paul George basically have that KD role. Um, and I think, you know, when he takes that back seat and when you play through Russ, I mean, when you when you have uh, Paul George as your number one option, um, I think yeah. it, I think it's it works better, you know, for OKC. And I love OKC this year. You know, key additions. Dennis Schroeder ain't no slouch. Um, former starter. He gives you damn near what, 16 to four a night. He's a dog. I think his play will translate over to the playoffs when they need him the most. Um, and then you can also have Westbrook play off the ball a little bit too. Obviously, he is struggling a little bit, but I like that, and I like Nerlens Noel coming off the bench. Jeremy Grant. Is it Jeremy Grant? Yeah. Jeremy Grant's gotten a little better. Robins is not even back yet, and uh, Steven Adams is having a career-high year in 16 and, like, 12, I think, this year. Oh, so they're looking all right, man. But let's talk about Russell Westbrook. Uh, crazy. This might be uh, 30 in a row where he's averaging triple-double. Right now he's averaging 20, 10, and 10, um, which is great. But right now, I'm kind of concerned about his efficiency. Um, so right now, he's shooting 42% from the field, normally around 44 45%, so nothing too crazy. But he's averaging a career-high five turnovers a game, um, and he's shooting 60% from the free throw line. Normally, he's above 80% and 24% from three. Um, and I think although PG is carrying the load offensively, in the playoffs, you're going to need Russell Westbrook. Um, do you think he's going to find his way to get his groove back, or you think it's because of these injuries? He's still, like, you know, working back to become efficient again. Uh, I think, like, anybody transitioning into a new role, a new job, uh, that's what Russell Westbrook's doing right now. Uh, it's midseason. The All-Star break is going to be coming up a little bit, a few weeks, a month or so. And um, I think that he's just transitioning into a different role, um, and it's going to make them a more dangerous team because, you know, uh, Russell Westbrook's not going to take – thousand shots yet like he's the swing man in a lot of ways now Paul George is going to be doing it he's a swing man but at the same time he's a deadly swing man mm -hmm. and that that's when that's when you know a team is really good it's when the person that is taking the shots um 
but he might not be the most dangerous or the most uh, aggressive person on the team. You want your aggressive person to be what your two guard. Uh, PG might be playing that point guard role or like that stretch forward role, but your 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 two guard or maybe if Russell Westbrook's on a small lineup playing uh, maybe the three just out of positioning or out of just like you know uh, who's on the floor at the time, then that's gonna really open some stuff up for him. I think he's maybe struggling because it's not the same the same feel of the game. He's not have the ball in his hand. 100% of the time, he's not having the, the ball, um, you know, just how it was the last few weeks, the last few years. And he's a great player. His IQ was there. Russell Westbrook's going to get his regardless. That he's, He averaged a triple-double for a season. Nobody nobody did that. Nobody did that. Russell Westbrook did that. And he's, he's going to figure it out, and it's going to be dangerous coming down the stretch. And Roberson's not even back yet, their best defensive wing, other than Paul George. So hopefully he's been working on his jump shot. If he can be a Bruce, if he can just be a Bruce Bowen type of player, yeah, yeah. they'll be tough to the point where you can respect his shot. They'll be tough in the playoffs. Uh, how far do you think they're gonna get in the playoffs? Uh, they they are potentially Western Conference Finals team yeah. uh, with with it's everything grabs, put together. Huh? You know, it's up, it's up for grabs. You know, you never know. I wouldn't put the Lakers right there. I wouldn't put the Lakers above the uh, OKC. Not definitely not right not now. Yet. But they're they're up there because what you got the Warriors who are not playing well who have to get it together you have um, Houston who's boosting things up you have OKC who's on the rise too so you got one team on the decline a team on the rise team on the rise and the team in the cut being the Lakers and a team on top you got to give your respects to the Nuggets mm-hmm. so hey we'll see what happens about to wrap up things soon but what's good with the Celtics man right now they're fifth in the East um, and I think number one now is Milwaukee. Sigh. Um, two, Toronto. Shout out to Kawhi. Three is Indiana. And then four is Philly. And then Boston's right there in the middle at five. Um, this is the same team where we thought they would probably have the best record in the NBA going in this year with all that talent. And you have one of the best coaches in Brad Stevens. Um, but it's been an up and down, you know, battle with these guys. I don't know if it's because players are, you know, virtually about to you know, have expiring contracts. Um, so I think you have uh, Jalen Brown, who's about to be off his deal. You have Terry, Terry Rozier, who's about to be a free agent. Kyrie Irving is wondering if he's going to get signed or not. Gordon Hayward has to, you know, work from coming back from the injury, and he's not fully back yet. Jason Tatum trying to figure out, should he have that mama mentality or should he just play within the team? So you have these egos all there together as well, too, and I feel like they're not fully playing together. What do you think their problem is, and do you think – they still have a shot to get to the conference finals and potentially the finals too. Uh, of course, they have a shot to get to the finals and the conference finals. Uh, this is um, a team that I just don't fear them. I don't fear them. But anyways, go ahead. It's, it's, it's a team that realized how talented they were really early on. So it's like you know, you're 12 years old. And I'm like, yo, you're like the greatest player that's ever gonna play. Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. And it's like, oh, we're we're like we're great. We're really good, and it's in a year twelve. But you come eighteen, and you still gotta put the work in. You still gotta figure stuff out. You know what I'm saying? Like that, you have a whole process before you even get to college or the NBA. Just like Celtics have a whole process before they even get to the finals. They have so many moving parts. Yeah. It's kind of like, so I watched a segment on ESPN. They were talking about it, but it's kind of like baseball. So it's either a pop fly or a ground ball. Okay. Yeah. So with a ground ball, what happens? They hit it. It goes. It goes. It goes. You have to scoop the ball up. You have to make it, you have to take it. You have to scoot the ball up, you have to take it in your glove, you have to throw it to first base to yeah. get the person out. Yeah. A pop fly, you hit it from the you hit it from the bat, comes down, catch it, the play's over. There's more moving parts with the ground ball. 
Okay. So so any any youth league anybody would say all right let me just hit the, hit a ground ball just hit a, hit a regular baseball ground ball because it, it's more room for error the Celtics have a lot of room for error with all the moving parts they have Kyrie who's an amazing player they have Jason Tatum they have so many amazing players but to get them to click are they gonna get them to click and that's something that Brad Stevens a great coach is tasked with and they're and still the getting together. The most talent, you know, this offseason is going to be crazy for them because they're going to have to figure out what they want to do going forward, who's willing to stay and who really wants the ball. So I think the Celtics have a great shot at making the Western Conference Finals, I mean, Eastern Conference Finals, but at the same time, they have to figure it out. They have to figure the moving parts out, and everybody has to play the role. They have to be a good team, not just individual players. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have the pieces there. I kind of just feel like sometimes they've been overhyped. Like, let's not forget – Cleveland was one of the worst defensive teams in the past like two years. So I mean I and they were in the East last year, so you better take Cleveland in seven games. Indiana took them in seven games and then they went seven games with Milwaukee. So obviously Kyrie was injured, um and Gordon Hayward won't there, but Gordon Hayward ain't doing nothing um at all. And I feel like he won't be back to full strength until the start of next season. That's when we're gonna see him back, like how Paul George had to come back and whatnot. So um We'll see, man, because the Bucks have emerged. Toronto got one of the best players in the league with with uh, Kawhi Leonard. Philly's hooping. Philly's hooping, and they just starting to figure that shit out right now. In Indiana with Oladipo, that's no joke. Like I said, they, they they took them seven games, um, and we'll see, man. And, and I feel like historically, at least since Kyrie's been there, the Celtics don't play well on the road. So if you're going to end up with the five seed and have to play a four seed, and four seed right now is to, I mean, Philly, yeah. Philly's damn good at home. Do you trust them in a, in a game seven in Philly? <laughs> That's tough. They could easily get bumped up the first round depending on the matches, so they better get their shit together, and they better try to find a way to get at least a top three seed because it's not looking good over there. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what's good with that. Hey. Uh, we always talk about the West being the wild, wild West, but the East is uh, shaking things up. I think I enjoy watching teams in the East. Yeah, I think the next few like half decade to a decade of NBA basketball is going to be really like it's going to be really where people really fall in love. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be kind of like a, a '90s kind of like just heyday, of, like Arabic early, like late '80s, early '90s heyday of like NBA basketball. What that thing is going to happen? You know, LeBron's going to retire sometime within the next decade. Um, Young stars are going to emerge. Giannis has so much to go. Luka's playing crazy. Kyrie's going to be um, in his prime and kind of running where he's going to be at. You got Porzingis that you can't sleep on. All these young players, De'Aaron Fox, the, the Nuggets who are a good young team, all that stuff, all that stuff. The uh, NBA is just something to watch, whether it be great players. I think the super team thing is going to go out the window too after a while because, again, people are just – emerging up. It's going to be the wild, wild NBA after a while. It's going to be fun to watch. For sure. I got to agree with you. And guys, do not sleep on the Brooklyn Nets. They are on the come up, and one of the best players is still hurt. And I think they're going to have cap space for two players. Brooklyn, good market. New York City, Manhattan, all that good stuff. Hey, check it out. (laughs) But as we wrap things up, um, I'm going to tell you my top five MVP candidates and why, and then I want to hear yours, see if it's similar or not. Um, so no particular order, just my top five right now. Steph Curry. Um, well, all right, all right. Let me name four, then I'll put the, the the fifth one. All right. So Paul George is definitely in top five because 
OKC, um, compared to the last two years, um, they are top three in the West right now. His numbers are astronomical compared to his, you know, season last year and whatnot. I feel like he got adjusted. And the fact that uh, Russell Westbrook's been struggling this year, he's really been, you know, picking up that load. So that's one. James Harden, like I told you guys before, he started off in the 14th seed. They had a whole um, change in their roster, essentially. Chris Paul's hurt, and he's went from the 13th seed all the way – 14th seed, I'm sorry, all the way to the 5th seed, and they can only get higher from here. Um, so he's putting up 33 and like, 8 a night. So virtually unguardable. That's another one. LeBron James, obviously, is always going to be an MVP race as long as he's in his prime. Um Laker franchise didn't make the playoffs last year. I think they only won like 33 games on pace to win 50 games this year. Um, and he's just year 16 still putting up the same numbers. And um, this team's really rallying behind him. And you can see his presence right now. I mean, they're one and two without him right now. I don't know how many games they're going to miss. But like I say, he's that type of player. Whenever he leads a situation, that team is in shambles. And right now, he's playing great. I think he's putting up like 27, 7 or 7 or some shit like that. So those are my three. Four, Giannis, freak of nature, leads the league in points in the paint, um, most since Shaq. <laughs> he, he, Shaq gave him the new name, Superman. Um, his team's number one in the East right now. They just uh, outbeat Toronto for the number one seed. Um, and, you know, they've done, they done a great job. You know, he put on some weight. You know, his shots have become a little bit more consistent, and he, he's virtually unguardable. Defense looks better, and you surround him with – his flaws. He can't really shoot. Put all shooters around him. Budahosa was a fucking great addition. Um, and I think this year may be the year where they make some noise in the playoffs. And then for the fifth spot, like I said, this is no order. I'm kind of torn between Steph and Kawhi. Um, Kawhi sat out the whole year, only played nine games last year, transitioned from the West to the East, battling for the number one seed, um, putting up numbers. Kalaris has a back injury right now, and, you know, they're always mixing things up. But he's been playing great. You know, career career average for him as well, too, with points per game, and he's fishing as hell. Um, then you have Curry on the other side. With Steph, we saw what their record was when he left, and his, re and his numbers now are basically like when he was unanimous MVP. So um, he is the motor for Golden State Warriors. Um, and, and that's that. Who are your top five picks, man? Uh, give me, okay, give me Harden playing crazy out of his mind. Uh, the Rockets wouldn't be where they are without Harden. Uh, PG really holding his team up on his back. Um, he, he's going to be the new go-to guy in uh, OKC, giving Russell Westbrook a little bit of more freedom to just go crazy at all times. Um, Giannis, you can't, you can't deny the not a greatness that, he, that he's doing. Um, with that jump shot, I feel like it will really solidify him for MVP for years to come. But Giannis is up there right now. Uh, give me LeBron. You can't you can't take LeBron out of MVP uh, conversation ever because um, he is his greatness. He's showing it, and he's still doing it now. Um, give me Kawhi up there because Kawhi's just playing basketball. Like he's he's, an, he's a hooper, bro. He's a hooper, a hooper, a hooper. If Kobe and MJ had a kid, that's some right there. <laughs> Big facts and no smiles to it. <laughs> but uh, and then uh, Kyrie coming in the last spot. Just if they figure that stuff out, because he's still gonna have to be the go-to guy, as we saw in their. Uh, Kyrie's in your top five. Yeah, Kyrie's definitely uh, my top five, as we saw that. Um, it, I think NBA uh, Christmas Day game. Um, just balling out and he he's doing what he has to do. So that, that's my that's 
within my top five, Kyrie's my my top six. So he's not my top five. He's my top six. He's my outlier. But yeah, MVP race. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, then I also want to ask you before we wrap things up. All Star voting has just started to take place, so I've been literally voting every single day. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. And don't worry, DeMar DeRozan. I voted for you. I'm still a Spurs fans, ladies and gentlemen, but I voted for DeMar DeRozan um, for, I think, the fourth time around. Anyways, um, so obviously they changed the format up a couple of years ago. At first it used to be position, but now we have a positionless league. Um, so it's literally two from the backcourt and three in the front court. Uh, so I want to ask you what your picks is, but mine for the East had Kyrie Irving um, playing sensational for the backcourt. I was kind of torn between Kyle Lowry and Kemba Walker, but Kyle Lowry started off pretty pretty well. I think he averaged he was averaging like eighteen and ten. Um, dipped off a little bit, had a little bit of shooting slump, and obviously has more talent around him. So I kind of exited out Kyle Lowry for that starting position. Still gonna be All Star this year. Exited out of that, and I kind of put Kemba there. Um, mainly because Kemba has nothing and he's putting up numbers. Um, so that's why I have him there for the backcourt. Kawhi, like we said, MVP caliber year. Giannis, MVP caliber year. And I got Joel and B for the East. Um, and then for the West, Braun is a given okay. <laughs> for front court. AD is a given. And I would say KD, but I put Paul George over him right now. I, I think right now, Paul George is actually just playing better than KD. And and like I said, like you said, too, the Warriors are very top-heavy, so um, Paul George has to do more as well. So I got him there. And then backcourt, Steph and James Harden. Okay. <laughs> what about yours? What about uh, yours? So, Wes, let's go. Braun, mm-hmm. Harden, uh, I'll throw in KD. Ooh. I'll throw in PG. Mm-hmm. And I'll throw in um, – hmm, I need a big man. AD. AD, AD yeah. Uh-huh. East, let's go Giannis. Yep. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Giannis. Is he's front guard? Point yeah. guard. Wow. Brazy. Um, big man in the East. I have to go uh, Embiid. I, I had a. Where's the really great big man in the East? I've been in drama. Nah, he's, he's been putting up numbers. He's been, too. he's been doing numbers. So so maybe a four, Blake Griffin, like a like, kind of like a switch man. Mm-hmm. I have to put Kyrie in there too. Mm-hmm. Dang, I feel like I feel like I'm jocking your, your your list, but you know what? I put Victor. I put Victor Oladipo in there. Ooh, I yeah. forgot about. Yeah, that. yeah, okay, yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. back court, so back court, you got Kyrie and Vic, and in front court, you had what? Joel and B, Giannis, and who else? Uh, Kawhi. Kawhi, give me Kawhi okay, for the win. Okay. I like the Oladipo one too. And they're number three Dark in the horse. East right now. Actually, I'm going to copy you, too. <laughs> I'm going to swap out Kemba, and I'm going to put Oladipo. Plus, okay. and, and I take into effect his, his his team success as well, too. Uh, of course. So, yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. So, I think this was a great episode. Um, any any words you want to say or anything like that? Uh, again, 2019, going <laughs> up from here. Shout out to Caesars. The Caesars show on his 44th episode, the Obama episode. You know how to come back. Get them right. For Get the them people. Right for the people. For the people. Uh, again, support uh, your friends. Support your local businesses, your local local hustles, anything like that, man. Because we're only going up from here. Shout out to Caesar Show. Uh, health, wealth, and uh, longevity. Uh, appreciate you, bro. Thanks for letting me come up.
It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, man. I appreciate you being on here, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're gonna be on many more episodes. You know, what I'm saying, um, but yeah, man. Like I said, it's January first. Gonna release this pretty soon. Um, I just want you guys to use this year to, for self growth. Um, you know, take care of your body, strengthen your mind, um, set daily goals. You know, be around people who only promote positivity around you, and um, you know, just be real with yourself. If you need help, go seek help. You know, if you have problems, you know, just have some people to lean on so just be great this year and uh that's about it so ladies and gentlemen thanks for listening to another stellar episode of the season show make sure to subscribe to me um on itunes podcast connect soundcloud spotify the season show check it out fire content and follow me on all forms of social media at sir Caesars. that's s-i-r-s-e-e-z-u-s i'm out